Hi, it's Coach Joe Lucas, and welcome to the Magellan Network Show. My goal inside of this communication, this show, is to share with you my nearly 30 years of coaching some of the most successful financial advisors in North America. We're going to be talking about strategies, syntaxes, we're going to bring guests on from time to time, and I'm going to share with you what's working now. So think of this show as sort of like a little one-on-one kind of mini coaching cast, if you like, where we're going to be going in-depth from time to time on strategies to help you grow your business, get more effective, become more efficient, find balance in your time management, grow your business, and quite frankly, whatever else is going on in the world today. So before we get to today's episode, I'd love for you to do a couple things for me. Number one, make sure that if you're watching this on YouTube, that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're doing the audio, make sure that you give us a review on whether Spotify or Apple, you know, we'd really appreciate that. And quite frankly, that does help. It does matter when you rate things and like things and subscribe to things. It helps us get the word out to more of the industry. And lastly, I have a very special gift for you. Go to MagellanNetwork.net. So one word, MagellanNetwork.net. And I have for you a complimentary membership, 100% gratis, where you can tap into about between 50 and 75 hours of master classes, forms, tools, templates, and strategies. So please go ahead and uh, make sure you go ahead and get that claimed. Smash the like button and subscribe. And uh, please go ahead and leave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you're on. And now let's get to this week's episode. Hi, this is Coach Joe Lucas, and welcome to this very, very special episode of Magellan Network Show. Uh, we're coming to you live from uh, Summerlin, Nevada. We just got done with our Magellan Leadership uh, two-day training. And uh, I know for a lot of you, this is like a shock. Like, who's the guy next to me? So I want to introduce you to one of my personal clients, uh, Carmine Carino, uh, founder of Cornerstone Planning. Uh, Carmine has been a private client of mine for about five years. He's also one of our members in our Empire Mastermind, which is our top program for high-level operators and owners. And uh, so what I want to do is we're in the same place, same time. I wanted to invite Carmine to come on the show. And, you know, one of the things that I find very fascinating is we all can learn from other people. So what I'm going to do is just ask Carm some questions about himself, about how he operates, his beliefs, why he does the things that he does that are all very positive. And with that, brother, thanks for coming on the show. It's oh, great, great to have you here. So me. I got a great question for you I want to start off with, which is, uh, first off, Tell me a little bit about Carmine. So tell me about your background, how you grew up, what school. I want to give I want to give our audience a little flavor for who you are as a person, your hobbies, what you're passionate about. Then we'll get into all the business stuff. Well, uh, started out uh, right out of high school, working for the phone company. Never went to college. That was not really a path of mine. Okay. Uh, started out as a grinder, you know. Um, Worked for the phone company, bartended on the weekends, you know, bought my first house by doing that and kind of knew that hard work equaled money, that equaled freedom. Like, I learned that very early on. Got to a point when I was at the phone company, after being a union delegate for four years there, realizing it was, for me, was a dead end. There was no, I was at top pay, there was no 
uh, way to scale, and it just wasn't good enough for me. So I went out and looked at a bunch of different professions and landed on the financial world and started within an insurance company, BDRIA, which to a lot of people, that's a starting point for, for a lot of people right. in the industry today. Mm-hmm. 17 years there, became an advisor, CFP. Uh, fee-based planning was my, um, was my focus for many years and obviously conflicted with their environment. So right. opened up my own RIA, uh, my fee on the RIA two years ago, be two years in this week actually. And uh, we're just continuing to grow from there. Now I find it interesting. So, so this is not the typical, hey, I went to college, I, went, I took my CFP courses, I took finance, I took that. Like, you know, you're, you're like me, man. We're from the streets of New Jersey, mm-hmm. right? And that's how we work. I also never went to college. I also learned money equals freedom. Always was an entrepreneur my entire life. So, so, I, so I, get the, I get the game and I get the struggle. But one thing I want to ask you about is, like, was there any particular moment or any particular scenario that really put the one to be an advisor? So I want to know is like, what else were you considering? So you say you like, okay, I, I, I ultimately chose this, right? But what was kind of what was on the finalist list? So there was uh, policemen, firemen. Those were the three remaining professions. Okay. And uh, so took the fireman test, got an offer as a. As a uh, an officer in the prosecutor's office for Essex County where I grew up. Yep. And it was all, and ended up getting offered a job uh, as a fire department, but I already made up my mind to go into the world of finance prior to that, so I okay. declined. And thank God, because I probably wouldn't make a good fireman. Right, fair enough. Be so when you got into our space, what were some of the surprises the first couple of years? Good or bad? <sighs> The one thing I always said was if I could just make what I made my last year working for the phone company in my first year as a financial advisor, then I knew I did it for myself and I knew growth would follow. Okay. So all I did was bust my ass that first year just to make sure that I at least matched or exceeded mm-hmm. my last year's, and I did. Uh, and uh, the, I guess I was surprised that I was able to do it. And uh, mm-hmm. there, I had some people around me that were that were helping me coach me. A mentor in that year that I we are still good friends today after you know, nineteen cool. and a half years. So cool. I kind of surprised myself, but I I found being an advisor easy because I was already wired for impact. Let me give you an example: like being a union delegate. If anyone has ever been one, sounds like a terrible job. It's by a way. horrible job, <laughs> right? So don't apply for it anywhere. But what what I have found is I was very happy when I had ideal outcomes for our members. Okay. So impact was very high. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was. That was my adrenaline back then. Okay, so you knew you found that early that yeah. you had that. So I want to go back to you said I bust my ass. So what was a typical day week like? Like what was the work ethic back then? Because because my thing is guys here like oh I you know I work hard you got bust your ass but there's no like what's the standard like what's the what's the, the details matter right? So like what was a typical day to were you up at five a.m. Go to eight o'clock at night. Do set like what does bust your ass mean? Those it was a numbers game. Right? Oh, so, yeah. so coming from the insurance industry, they broke your your ideal day, your ideal week, or ideal month or quarter by numbers. How many okay. calls? Okay. How many appointments? How many um, wins did you make? What what was your revenue per per sale or whatever mm-hmm. metrics they use? But a typical day, there were many days. Uh, the the office was in northern Jersey, and there was a diner in town. And I always say this whenever I drive through town. That diner, there were many days at breakfast, lunch, and dinner in that diner. Right, just seeing people. No, just eating or going, oh, yeah, yeah, let's have meetings. But okay. also, eat. I didn't have time to eat, so right. I just had to run to the diner, pick some of my head back to the office. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of grinding. 
but it was a lot of um, – there were days where it was hard to operate because there were d bad days, right? Yeah, sure. And when that happened, I didn't go to the office. Or I left the office and, mm -hmm. and I said, I'm clocking out. I was very good at saying, all right, I'm in no useful state today. Right. I'm checking out. Right. Uh, I remember those days. Uh, I remember more of those days than the days that I had big wins. So one of the things I always ask guys is how many times did you quit in your mind? Was there ever a day where you never. The, so you never had that? Never. Like you were 100% committed in. to that? Okay. Okay. That's in. good. There were days that I didn't leave my house because I was... I got a no, right. or uh, it, maybe the grind was getting to me a little bit, yeah. but I, there was never a time where I said, Monday morning, I'm just resigning. That, that never went through my okay. head. So now, so now you're the advisor. So the first several years, you do your thing, you get through it, you're making money, you're sustainable now. When did you decide you wanted to build a team? So that happened probably, teen, probably around nine, ten years in. Okay. And I had already detached from... The New York Life office, and then also uh, their brand. I became a DBA in 2006. So three years after I started, the the path to planning for me was immediate. I said, uh, okay. "Yeah, I get it. It's an insurance company, and you want me to sell stuff. Great, but I want to be a fee based planner. I was the first CFP in that group. I was the first one to charge fees for planning. Mm -hmm. So I kind of trailblazed on my own and managed money and all that. All that stuff was some foreign to most people there yeah. uh, at that office. And uh, so I trailblazed that piece, and then. It kind of, it, it was all, again, all about impact is that I knew the process that we were doing in helping clients was the only way to help clients mm -hmm. in our industry. And once that became clear, agents and advisors or, or registered reps at that time within the office were seeking me out to help. Right. And then I said, well, there's something valuable here. And there are people internally who said, hey, can I join your team? And in a in an agency environment, that just doesn't work. Right. Because you have conflicting values, right? Who, yep. Selling things in a certain time frame on their schedule versus let's create impact for the client uh, through planning. Mm -hmm. um, so then I looked at bringing advisors that were not currently with the insurance company in, and that's, that's I went from mm -hmm. one to five very, very fast. And, okay. uh, but within in the confines of that agency, in right. any agency, let's be fair, it doesn't yeah. work. Great. So one of the things about the financial planning, so why did you have such, a, such an affinity to planning? Because a lot of advisors struggle with the, the planning value prop, like they don't, they want to run money or they want to do things. So what was the moment or the situation that you said, you know, we're going to be planning centric or I have to be planning centric. How'd that come about? Impact. So it's one client, remember the client specifically where managed money was part of the financial plan and Life insurance was part of the plan and getting their state documents done. So going through my standard process, they did pay a retainer at that time. That was 16 years ago. Longest running two clients that are 16 years consecutive paying a planning fee. Yep. And I helped them save money for their daughter's college. Now, as an advisor outside the planning fee, we don't make we weren't putting that into a, a product that would pay me a fee. It right. was in a savings account. And mm -hmm. she had 14 or 15 months to do it. Mm -hmm. And it came into my office for a review meeting, and she comes across my desk and hugs me and cries and says, we hit our, we hit Jackie's goal for her wedding. Mm. And uh, not hugging me because their account did 3% that previous right, month. Right, or right. The, our life insurance is in place. Like no one cares about that stuff. It right. was that, in that moment, the impact to me of putting all that other stuff aside and focusing on what's important on a client, that's where I knew mm. this is the only space I want to be in. Okay. And so in our vernacular, right, you know, six human needs, that's contribution. Oh yeah. High contribution, right, going forward. So, so let's talk about, you know, it's fascinating. So now you figure out the advisor game, but now you're going to figure out the business owner game, right? You start bringing guys in, team put together, stuff like that. 
Now, you didn't go to Harvard for an MBA, obviously, I as I did not. So, where, so how did you pick up, where did you get the uh, resources, the framework to go ahead and kind of create this world-class organization that you've created? Coaching. I know you, so, I know yep. you went to several coaches. Several let's, coaches. Let's, let's have um, them. So, like who? Let's, let's name names. Dan Sullivan in 08. Uh, that was my first business coach. Okay. Uh, two in between, Dan Sullivan and you, and then you now for, this is year six. Yeah. Um, and it's not just a coach. It's also the, the people within the coaching model. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, two mastermind groups with you and, and friendships and, and bonds have formed and mentorships have formed. And, and when I made those decisions, a lot of it said, hey, you know, has anyone done this? And mm -hmm. what have you seen? Mm -hmm. uh, my uh, decision to go independent mm -hmm. and pull the trigger had, had a lot to do with information for people that have done it. Like, why walk through the mind? Why be the first guy? Right. When I have dozens of, of resources here that have done it already. I remember that. I remember you were in Safari in Africa yep. pondering all this. And I remember you got back to the States. You called me like as soon as you landed. Yep. And I got said, hey, we're doing this. We're, we're, we're doing this. We're all in. We're going to do this. So when you have a decision to make a big one, you have to unplug. And I had 19 days with no internet, no cell phone, right. no TV. And uh, I came back more clear of, of what my vision should be than I ever did. Mm -hmm. And it's only gotten better. It's kind of like when you go to the eye doctor and he flips the... You know, the screens, is this better or that better? It yeah. went from blurry to crystal clear mm -hmm. somewhere on that trip. I don't remember when, but I was journaling every day on that trip. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was very clear what, what my path should be cool. at that Excellent. point. You know, I know one other thing that you turned me on to this, and we're going to turn our Magellan tribe on to this, is you're a big proponent of meditation. Sure. So yeah. let's talk about how meditation really fits into you, your leadership model, you as a human being, as an owner, as an entrepreneur. So... We've all heard how the benefits of uh, meditation, and I have found a lot a common thread through the most successful people that I know in this industry and outside, Olympic athletes and people that operate at high performance levels meditate. So I started doing some research, tried it on my own, bought some stupid books, never worked. A colleague of mine turned me on to a, someone who does meditation coaching. Mm -hmm. And let me give my dad a little credit here. He said, you paid a guy to teach you to sit there and Nothing. Quiet. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So typical Italian father from North Jersey doesn't mm -hmm. doesn't get it. But I hired Mark. I believe it was around seven years ago. It's just before you and I got together. Okay. Uh, to teach me what's called transcendental meditation, and uh, it has been a game changer for me. And the biggest thing that it changed for me is is, is made me much more stoic and more intentional with thoughts and, and action and, mm -hmm. and even speech. So. I don't have any high highs and low lows, right? I'm right. very even. even keel, yeah. which allows me through. We've had some issues, right? The last couple, you know, uh, especially when I transitioned, we had a lot of issues there where if I wasn't meditating, then I would have had probably very high stressful days. You would handle things differently. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And uh, what meditation teaches you is the way to digest a situation mm -hmm. properly, right. not to overreact or underreact because mm -hmm. you can underreact a situation as well. Yeah. But being stoic has helped me tremendously. It's, I'm, I never had an issue sleeping. Most people have the benefit of mm -hmm. sleeping better as soon as they learn how to meditate. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't fall asleep. I pass out. I don't have any issues there. Cool. Uh, but stoicism is the number one uh, change. So let's let's pivot the conversation a little bit. You know, I'm always curious. You know, I have a belief, and we learn more from our failures than our successes. Mm -hmm. so I'm just curious, from a business perspective, what would you say has been your biggest failure slash learning experience to date not going independent earlier okay okay uh, so i do that kind of do the math in my head and 
and and you know this when my decision to to leave not leaving a firm after 17 years of not easy it's not an easy decision uh it turned into one but but i didn't do the math on the what i call revenue delta till two months after i decided because i didn't want that to be Way in in my decision, right? You want you don't want to over counter overweight too much. Yeah, you I didn't, do, I didn't, just do it for the money. So July decided I didn't do that spreadsheet that you and I uh, yeah. looked over till the end of September that year. Okay, and uh, the one mistake is, and I don't know where I'd be now on a firm level, but we're growing exponentially, but far more than I thought we would ever. Where would we be if I left five years prior? When I actually started realizing where I was was not was not conducive not, to me right. or to my clients. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a great story. So let's talk a little bit about who you are and what you believe. Right. So as you know, in our protocols in Magellan, right, mm -hmm. we do believe I am people. Our life is businesses. Right. So tell me about people. What are your beliefs around people? People are responsible for all of our great innovations and 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 things in this world. Right. So that's the one side of it. Yep. That's the other side. <laughs> people make very bad decisions. Yes. Okay. And uh, it's on my daily game plan over there, but um, and everything in between, right? Yep. People are, are are not aware of options, mm -hmm. and uh, people are not good at taking advice. People don't seek advice. Right. Out. You know, it's the guy that's that's lost with his wife in the car. Will not stop, stop for the directions. directions. Right. All right. Business, I believe. You know, do you want me to go through each? Yeah, let's do business. Yeah, tell me about business. Rewarding. I mean, for me, it's um, I measure our success in impact. So when we have a good cl a client win, a client hits a milestone. We helped a few clients retire earlier, yeah. early than expected last year. Yeah. Uh, those were huge wins. We have a whole celebration for them in the office. And, and even more impactful is emancipating an advisor from a bad situation. So we're in a process of onboarding. We have three advisors right now onboarding with us, and they're all leaving a situation that is not ideal for what they believe in. Right. Is right. Um, and we've talked about this. It's not just creating a better environment for that advisor and his family, his or her family. Mm -hmm. It's the two to three hundred households that they serve. Mm -hmm. So if we have three advisors onboarding, that's you know eight hundred to a thousand households yep. that are better served, mm -hmm. and three advisors and their staff that are better mm -hmm. in better situations. And that's how I measure scale and impact. I mean that that to me is powerful. Life is way too short. Time is running out as we're standing here. Right. Okay. Right. So that goes back to maybe not should have waited long to, to go independent. But, right. you know, it is what it is. So, so you know, I had you uh, speak at, at this training this uh, here. And I know one of the things that we talked about was culture, right? Mm -hmm. And you laid some very powerful and very profound uh, how you run your business, what it's all about. And, and I want you to talk, because I think this is really important for everybody to hear this. How, what are your key when it comes to clients? What is everybody's marching order? The culture around clients and not just client service, but the client relationship. Why don't you share a little bit of that? So, when we built out our new office after our transition to kind of get a clean slate, that yeah. was your idea. I give you credit on that. The first order of business was I put a big sign up in our hallway. You can see as soon as you walk in, it's clients' needs above all else. And my team knows that no matter whatever the client needs, doesn't that's irrelevant how's the client best served mm -hmm. and that's our culture and every advisor that's onboarding with us if they don't have and i've said no to probably about the same amount of advisors that i've said yes to to okay. join us sure. because they don't if they don't share that and you could tell within your actions are so loud i can't hear what you're saying right yes. and i've had interviews with advisors like oh my clients i care about them blah, blah, blah. and i said well let's do a deep dive in your practice and it's very clear that it's not the case right um, so I would not jeopardize what I built so far. I'm very fortunate the advisors we have and the staff we have are 
all we all want the same thing. So we mm -hmm. don't really have a lot of conflicts and problems because mm -hmm. we all know what the end result is. Right. And that's the culture, and, and it's it's it, it makes it you know working with the team is fantastic because we're all working toward that that end mm -hmm. mission mm -hmm. of serving that client best. Right, so we talked about the present, we talked about the past. Let's talk about the future a little bit. So what's next for Carmine Korea and what's next for Cornerstone? Tell me about the vision that you have. So right now, uh, want to get to a certain advisor count, and then we're going to take a pause, an intentional pause, okay. to restaff, retool our tech. We're in the process of doing a lot of that now before we get to that, that predetermined amount mm -hmm. of advisors in order to, to scale up. Mm -hmm. So what I don't want to do is scale up without the infrastructure. Right. I want the advisor experience to be fantastic from the transition time, which mm -hmm. is hard to have an excellent experience there, right? Yes, of course. Because stuff goes wrong, right? A lot, a lot, of, stuff, a lot of stuff out of your control, yeah, 100%. You know, and then my job as CEO is to, cre is to create and maintain that environment where an advisor can thrive. Mm -hmm. Now that means but however they want to serve their client ideal format, I have to make sure that our, our environment, our tech stack, all allows that advisor to grow and thrive the way that they would want to. Mm -hmm. So that's my responsibility moving forward. Numbers, don't know. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be really eye-open in the next 12 months. Okay. I think I hit, I we'll hit our goal number by the end of this year, mm -hmm. and then we're going to pause. And then during that pause, we'll see, uh, you know, how much complexity I want in the, you know, in the more is not always better. Right. We may get to an ideal number. I say, look, we're good. You know, right. I think we'll, we'll stay here for a while. Um, but let's see. Good. Let's see. I appreciate that. So, so a couple of things, and we'll, we'll start wrapping this up a little bit. So, associate. You know, I'm very big on associations, mm -hmm. right? Tribes, right? We talk about our tribes. We have a tribe here. You're involved with a couple of tribes. So, so let's let's focus a little bit on Empire because I think that's one. I think a lot of people and Empire is closed for new members, by the way. So, appreciate you. May some of you want may want to reach out. There's a wait list. How important? Is it for an advisor, so, you know, who especially is who's a business owner, entrepreneur, mm -hmm. and advisor, to be involved in some sort of mastermind study group with peers? How important do you think that is, or what are your experiences in that? I would not be here today if it wasn't for those experiences. Like um, when I joined the first mastermind group with you, when you asked me to join the first mastermind elite, I said, "Am I going to be the brokest guy in the room?" Mm -hmm. You said, "Well, you're probably about in the middle, maybe a little bit toward the top, but but you're in the middle." Yeah. I said, "Fine." I said, Joe, I want to be the brokest guy in the room. Mm -hmm. And when you called me for Empire, you said, Carmine, I have another, I have an opening. I know you're another group, so you don't have to, but you right. will be the broken. Before you even answered, finished your sentence, I said, I'm in. Right. I learned more inter interacting with, with those with those folks that than than anything because, you know, they've already built what I'm in what I'm building today. Yes. And I had a breakthrough yesterday with, with two team members that I met for the first time that built a huge organization. Mm -hmm. And just a sounding board. Hey, this is what I'm doing. Am I on the right track? Absolutely. We did the same thing. Worked out great, right? It's that, that, that external validation from someone that's right. walked through the minefield already. And, yes. And uh, I, I can't put a price on it. I can because I pay for it. But right. it is priceless, the impact and the... Uh, and the support you have. These are these mm -hmm. are people that are friends. These are not just people we see two, three times mm -hmm. a year. These are long-lasting relationships of people that are in positions where I want to be. Cool. I appreciate that. So, so one last thing: hobbies, passions. Other than this, what do you enjoy outside? Of, I call this the game. <clears throat> what do you enjoy outside the game? Travel. Um, any type of physical activity I'm in. You know, uh, I don't follow sports. I don't watch football. You know, I'd rather go play something. 
traveling with my family. I mean, we do, I think last year, I, I don't work Fridays, haven't for, for many years, and, and my wife and I, it's our day, we have our lunch and, and all that stuff, and, but last year I took 10 weeks off, and most of that was with me, my wife, and my two kids, and this type of industry allows me to mm-hmm. have that freedom yep. to do that, but don't, you know, anything physical, running, lifting, all day, you know, this morning, every morning, travel and experiences. Okay. You know, that to me is uh, the reason why we're doing cool. this. So what's next on the bucket list for you? Northern Lights in December. We're heading back to Africa in June. New Zealand in 23. That's my wife's. Okay, So cool. I'm smart enough to know, let my wife draw out the bucket list. Right. And then uh, wherever they have the huts on the water, she picked it out. That's in 2023 as well. Okay, cool. So, so. the Maldives? Yes. So you're going to hit the Maldives and... No kids. No kids. No kids. Yeah, I was True vacation. True vacation. Very cool on yep. that. Okay. So, so, you know, before I say goodbye, Bray, is there anything you want to... And let me say this about this guy. I've gotten to know him for five years. Like, we're, like we're buds. We're tight. Great guy. And, and I just want to I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to privilege to work with you to associate with you and, and this is really the message and, and the reason why we I took advantage of this opportunity to put the show together this episode is I want to really reemphasize how important your associations are who you hang with who you ask questions of who you mastermind with that is critical for your success now since I've said that Anything final you want to say? I couldn't agree more. And uh, I think you're you're the you're the uh, what do they say? You're the average of the five people you spend the most, most time, time with. with. Uh, in a business sense, you know, get rid of the people that are, are don't have the same values and, and uh, core values or same mission. If they're in the because you could be in the same industry but have a completely different you know income may drive somebody right. I'm not going to mesh well with that person because. I'm not motivated by money. It's more about impact, right? But that's why these masterminds are so key. Because the people that are givers tend not to be motivated by money. Right. Right. Tend to more be motivated by impact and they're givers. Right. They're always sharing and giving. We call them faucets. Yes. And we call the other people sponges. And you want a little bit of both, but you want to be more of a faucet than a sponge. So, look, man, I know we just, we literally just got done with two heavy days of training. So, I appreciate you taking some extra time with me this afternoon to get this done. I thank you. I want to thank all of you for being, uh, to watching, being part of the Magellan Network Show family. Make sure you subscribe, like, give us a review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, make sure you get your membership in MagellanNetwork.net. Any questions, reach out, and I'll see you all again next week. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of the Magellan Network Show. Hey, if any of this resonated with you, I invite you to come to MagellanNetwork.net and we have a powerful group coaching community of like-minded advisors. Come in for a trial. You and I will have a one-on-one conversation. Let's see if I can help elevate your game both personally and professionally.